Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Scale Up Your Business. It's Nick here. And today we are back with the Entrepreneur in Focus series. I know for the last few weeks we've been having some really special guests come on the show and it's been more about, you know, I suppose experts and specialists in various areas. And I've deliberately wanted to do that because as we've gone through, you know, this massive uncertainty with COVID-19, I wanted to bring some specialists in and kind of get more focused on practical tips. But a lot of you have come back to me and said, hey, when's when's that Entrepreneur in Focus coming back? Because we really like that. Well, today I have a treat for you. I'm delighted that it's back. And I have a gentleman by the name of Henry Kaminsky Jr. on the show. Now, if you haven't heard of Henry, do a Google. Do a Google and look for The Brand Doctor. He has a podcast. It's called The Brand Doctor's Podcast. He's got some over 70,000 downloads per month on that. But he's the founder of a business called Unique Designs. And that's a full-service design, branding, and digital marketing agency. And he focuses on helping personality brands, so coaches, consultants, influencers, speakers, you know, really kind of understand what they are, who they are, how to communicate that so they can scale their profits and increase their exposure online. He's also the author of an Amazon um, bestseller, which is called Refuse to Give Up. And to be honest with you, today, as much as we could have gone into branding and we touch a little bit on that at the end, uh, we're really talking about Henry's story. And it's a story of resilience. It's a story of entrepreneurial journey. It's a story of serendipity at points. But what's great, and I, and I kind of call this out, is he, he hits the high notes of a lot of the messages that I talk about on Scale Up Your Business. And that's about identity. It's about realizing that challenges are also opportunities, they're gifts if you see them in the right light. You know, there's a, a whole emphasis on, you know, you've just got to take action and hustle, all these really important things and, and you know, contribution and being grateful. So as I said, Henry, we, we could have gone into tactics on branding and I, I suggest you listen to his podcast uh, on that or on those topics. But today it's really about the entrepreneurial story. Hence the reason I'm pleased to be bringing back entrepreneur in focus. So there you go. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business, Henry Kaminsky Jr. Hi everybody, it's Nick here and welcome to another episode of Scale Up Your Business. I am delighted to have with me today Henry Kaminsky Jr., who is the founder of a business over in the States called Unique Designs, but actually what he really is is a branding expert. So we're going to get into all things branding today. Uh, personal brands, what a brand is, and we'll probably go somewhere totally separate to that because we always do. <laughs> Welcome to Scale Up Your Business, Henry. Nick, thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. 
no problems at all. So yeah, so we, I mean, you know, it's funny, I've been doing this podcast now for ooh, 15 months and a lot of the listeners know my backgrounds in marketing and we've touched on areas of branding before, but never really gone deep into it. You know, you never get a lot of time to sort of go all into, we talk about marketing generally. So let's kick off. Um, it'd be great to hear your story, you know, leading up to what you do now and how, you, you know, what you've done, your experience. Well, it's, it's a fun one. I can tell you, I hope you got your seatbelt on. <laughs> Oh, I'm standing. I'm standing. Well, mate, I've got a head of strong coffee. You better put a light coffee. vest on because we're, we're, going, we're going in. I'm going to make this as brief as possible. So back in the day, my parents were, when they first got married, um, they tried to start a family and they couldn't. So they tried, believe it or not, for 16 years to try to start a family. And medicine wasn't the wow. way it was today. So they couldn't figure out what the hell was wrong. And what happened was there was something wrong with my mother that finally, after 16 years, a doctor figured it out. She went in for a shorts procedure. And next thing you know, yours truly was conceived on the day of the immaculate conception for all you Catholics out there. <laughs> now, Oh, wow. So, okay. Okay. Cool. So this is, I'm after 16 years Nick, of trying. I don't know about you, but I don't know if I would try anything for 16 years. And, and well, share with you this. I mean, our, our two daughters, we have both of them. So, through IVF, so my right? little two and a half year old, we, we had to go through two rounds, but yeah. yeah. And we were similar and we, we were very lucky. We were very lucky because you hear of people going through multiple rounds of stuff and it gets very expensive. We, we were like one or two, I think. Um, but both of them, both of them. We, we don't know exactly why we had to do that, but I can, I really sympathize with people who are yeah. tried for years and 16 years. Is yeah. like incredible. So that, that's so ironic that you even said that. So anyway, this, this, this podcast was meant to be, by the way, I don't believe in coincidence. I don't. So, <laughs> do I. so fast yeah, forward two years, <laughs> my, my mom's in the kitchen. She's cleaning she's doing her thing. She walks into my, my bedroom. I'm in the crib and I'm blue and unresponsive. So oh, they man. rush me to the hospital and Whatever the case may be, when I looked it up as I got older, um, I was suffering from hyponatremia, which is the lack of all the salt. You're, you lose all the salt in your body. And I don't know how that happened, but long story short, the doctors got me back to life. And now here I am, right? So I hear my mom, God rest her soul, talk to all of her girlfriends and tell all of her girlfriends as I'm growing up, this is my miracle baby. It took me 16 years to have him. Now, as a, as a six-year-old kid, when I, hear, uh, when I hear my mother say that, I think women are pregnant for 16 years. <laughs> Until I... Right? Imagine that. Imagine that. Having, having gone through two children with my wife already, right. I think 16 and, years of pregnancy. And, and, the, and, and the, world, the global population would probably be like 300. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a positive to that I, somewhere. So I hear this story and in my head as I'm growing up, I'm saying to myself, wow, look at my parents. They were so uh, persistent. They never gave up. And, and, and that sort of downloaded into my nervous system as, as a young kid. And even, in, even in, in my sports career, and which was very, very short. But <clears throat> growing up, I always wanted to never give up. No matter what I did, I would just constantly go and go and go. I'm like a bull, right? So that worked well in my entrepreneurial career because I had a high risk tolerance. I was just going to go and go and go and I would figure it out on the way. 
Um, so I started as a freelance graphic designer. I was working a nine to five at a local hospital and I was working my way up again. I started cleaning coffee pots in one of the same day surgery centers and I worked my way up. I got my master's degree and I worked my way up into the children's hospital and I started doing uh, work for the sudden infant death syndrome center, believe it or not. So <clears throat> I was, it was a really cool uh, it was a really cool position. So, but it was very sad and, 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 but rewarding at the same time. So my responsibility was to create fundraising events for SIDS and then take those monies and use it for support events for families in the state of New Jersey that lost babies to SIDS. So having that role was, was very important. So I had to raise the money, but I got to spend the money too, which was a lot of fun. So I would do these big fundraising events and need these marketing materials to help promote the event. So one day, cold turkey, I emailed one of the uh, morning hosts at Z100, one of the biggest radio stations in the world. And she responds back to me and says, Henry, I'm in. Just let me know what I need to do. So now I'm pumped. So I go to my buddy who's a graphic designer at the time and, and a club promoter. This is how far we're going back, right? And he starts creating these flyer designs for me to promote the event. And I just got bit by the design bug. So fast forward, I, we do the event. It was amazing. I convinced my boss to get the Photoshop program and that was history from there. So after about three years of building up my side hustle at the hospital, they started to really constrict because of the economic crisis in 2008. And they gave me an ultimatum at the end. And it was, it was no surprise because they had me like doing secretarial work like half the day, right? <clears throat> and uh, she said, you know, come first of the year, you have an option. You can stay here, become someone's secretary, or you can leave. And what sort of, what sort of time frame are we talking now? So how far back in your kind of career is this? Ago. Yeah, 13 years ago. So that was the scariest decision I ever had to make because yes, the, the side hustle was doing well. I, I, I never, I always had money in my pocket, but I said, is this going to, is this going to sustain a lifestyle? Like you're kind of going into recession too, aren't you? We're kind of hitting 2008 right. here. Pretty close. It's now, crazy so. how it, how it kind of repeats itself. So I did it, Nick, yeah. I did it. I, I made the, I made the jump and it was crazy. After the first year, I would go to my accountant and I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. All I know is I'm, we're making money. And it was just me. It was just me, myself, and I. And he said, Henry, you did $248,000 this year. <laughs> I go, what? There's no way. I mean, let's stop there for a sec, right? Just to play with that for a second. So I, I get the persistence bit, you know, that's sometimes what you um, hear around the dinner table, like even without hearing it, you kind of hear it subconsciously, it kind of plays through. So I can see that's in your DNA. It's probably in your DNA from how you were um, conceived as well. <laughs> we, we called, we called our, our eldest um, Arabella, which actually means answered prayer. I think mm -hmm. it's in German. But we had these, when we were going through the IVF thing, we had a number of different embryos, right? And obviously some of them kind of get to a stage where they can come back in and whatever else. And we gave them all these names. This is a bit embarrassing, but I'll share it with you. I think you'll like it. And so I used to be into massive kind of uh, 80s and sort of early 90s action heroes, right? Movies. And so one of the um, embryos was called John claude as in John claude Van Damme. And one of them was called Arnie, like as in Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
<laughs> it's a bit silly, I know. And that was the one that ended up being Arabella because because it was you know at that stage when the, when the, all the sort of cells were kind of coming together, she was growing the quickest and and was seen to be the most bullish. So we thought she was the strongest. And actually, now that she's eight years old, she's got all those characteristics. It's funny, like you know, we saw it back then before she was, and now she's just this bullet of gate. <laughs> What a beautiful name, by the way. What a unique name. I'd never heard it before. Yeah, Arabella. Yeah, we'd heard it. A friend of ours had that name um, with one of their um, their ch- children. And yeah, it just it suits her. Yeah. But, but the point I was going to bring up, though, was like, so you've started this business, you know, um, at a point where it's quite challenging. There's obviously a whole heap of mindset in that as well. But can you remember back, what was it that you did that got that success so early? So, you know, it's 250 grand in a year, really quick is Bloody good. So what was it? What do you so think? I knew exactly what it was. <clears throat> I wasn't the best designer back then, Nick. Believe it or not, my designs were awful. If I would show you some of the design work that I did back then, you would cringe, right? What I figured out was the need and the want of my customer. And I figured it out. They didn't necessarily need the, the, the prettiest and the most flashiest design. You know what they needed? They needed fast. They needed fast. Uh. And so I was the fastest and I just outworked my competition. They were like, I was like Speedy Gonzalez. I came into the, the, the nightclub industry and I was like, out. And people were like, who the hell is this guy? And I, 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 I pissed a lot of people off, obviously. But at the same time, people started to admire my work because they were like, wow, this guy is no joke. He, he means business. We need to step up our game if we're going to play in his ring. And so that sort of segue just quickly, just sorry to interrupt you because it's a bit of fun. So, so normally I have different guests come on and there's a conversation with them and they've got teams of people and there's a bit of booking and all this sort of stuff. And it can be weeks. In fact, um, I've got a guy on this week, uh, uh, John Lee Dumas, who's from uh, Entrepreneurs in Fire. He's on, he's oh, on Thursday. Awesome. You know, that's been... That's been like six weeks in the making, right? But but uh, good old uh, good old Henry here, <laughs> you were right on it. We were chatting. This is like you know within twenty four hours, you're you know you're on the yeah. show. It, so, it, it, it's still it's I, still in me, you know. At, at thirteen years later, you know, I, I always said, and and yeah. this was sort of my pitch to them. I told them, listen, the quicker I can make you money, the quicker I'm going to get this job done. So that was then. And then I realized that as you, as you progress and you start to get better at what you do, you realize that there's a lot more to it. So now I say to myself, listen, it's good to go fast, but if you do it prematurely, if you do it without doing your diligence, without doing the foundational stuff that needs to be done, we are going to get in trouble. Okay. Now it's a lot different in a nightclub industry doing club flyers, right? We're not talking about multi-million dollar brands here. Um, but <clears throat> now I sort of changed my philosophy a little bit where, you know, you, I cannot prescribe a solution for you without doing a thorough diagnosis. And that's where I get the brand doctor name from. So I'm, I'm, I've, nice. I've sort of slowed down to speed up as I got more mature and I got more experience and I realized how important that was, you know, in business. So there's going to be, a, there's going to be a thousand, you know, or more people laughing as you just said that, because that's one of my phrases. What's that? <laughs> 
slow down oh, yeah. to speed oh, up. Yeah, I did sure. a whole podcast oh, on yeah. that. Um, it was partly coined by the, I think the Navy SEALs use it as one of their things. But I mean, I've had so you get so much more precision um, by by giving you that self that space. But you can still work quickly. But that the smoothness that you get from that slowing down to then move fast is is just so much more powerful. It so gives I love time, that. It gives yourself time to think. You know, yeah. like just give yourself that breathing room to think. Um, so I know you wanted to get into branding and, you know, I have so much more to the story, but I, I, I want to make sure that we're, we're good for time. Um, well, let's, let's finish. I don't want to cut you off because it's a great story. And I, I'm getting, I think what I love about, there's a number of things that I try and do on this, this podcast. And one of the things I think is people learn a lot from other people's yeah. stories. So I do a lot of, I mean, it's funny, there's a lot of overlap between the various things. And what, I've, what the picture is now, people who've listened to every episode, they're starting to see a pattern of success. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't like to cut it off. I'd like to see, so I, I get, I'm just to finish this piece so I can get you, you know, you obviously came out came out running and, and you've built an amazing business and you've worked with some amazing clients. Am I allowed to mention yeah, yeah, yeah. you? Because one, the one that jumped out here was good old John Bon yeah, Jovi. That was a really cool experience. I, I actually still have the CD. I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of getting it framed because we're going about two years, but this was one of the, the CDs that we designed for him front, oh, wow, front cool. to back for one of his private concerts for his fan club. And it was really, really cool. Um, really cool experience to work with him and, and get emails like, can you change that picture? It looks like I have a double chin in that one. You know, it's, it's, it's so, f it was like, wow, this is crazy. You know, John is actually responding to this. Um, yeah. So, so the question I've got on that is, so obviously, you know, you, you came out, I can see totally why you had success early on that, that idea of, of really understanding what your customer needs is understanding their problem, delivering it, you know, to their expectations, if not more. But the scale-up journey, because you've now got you know, a pretty big business. You've been doing it for, as I said, 13 years. Take us through that quickly, that next step and, and how you've managed to well, build there was it a, out. There was, and get the there was a very valuable life lesson learned as I was growing. So I come from very humble beginnings. My, unfortunately, my parents got divorced and my father was the one that actually raised me. So he was a shop steward. He was a mechanic for UPS for 33 years. Um, and he worked four jobs to make sure that I had clothes on my back and food on the table. And, you know, he would take me to Chinatown in New York city to get me my school clothes. And I, I, I lived a very humble life growing up, but I had this very rich uncle. It was my mother's brother. Uh, and he was living like lifestyles of the rich and famous. So when I would go up to visit him for the weekend or for the week in the summer, um, I was just like starstruck, you know? And I was like, I want that, right? I want that yeah. in my life. And, and I would come home and, you know, I would beat my dad up over it. And I, I look back and, I, and I, I could cry thinking about what I put that man through, you know? And, and as a father now of a two and a half year old son, and uh, I realize what my father actually did during those times you know, and I'm, I, I don't beat myself over it, beat myself up over it, but I'm like, wow, I, I got an understanding of, of, of who the real hero was. You know, I love my uncle to death and he taught me a lot of valuable lessons growing up, but the real hero was, was my father. You know, he was the one that, you know, did everything to make sure that, you know, he was raising a good son, you know, and what's the, um, what's the biggest lesson you think? Well, you money. Money. So here, here's the lesson. 
I spent when I first started my business and I started getting some, some real money, making some real money on my own. I spent every dollar I earned because I wanted to be like uncle Joe. Okay. And I let, I was left with nothing because what happened was once I got married and the nightclub work started to fizzle out, I started to hate design work because I resented my clients because I didn't have a process and system down. And I was a one man band feeling the pressure and the pressure was coming down like a, like a vice. Right. And I just started, I was, I would lash out on clients. I would, you know, I would, I would be very pushy with money. So I'd be like, where's my money? Where's my money? I was like the, I was like the mafia, you know, where's my money? Where's my, be better at my money, you know? Um, and it was, it was awful. So the business started to shrink quite a bit, but I was so afraid to tell my wife. I was so afraid to tell my family and friends. I just kept spending and spending and spending. And eventually I was left with nothing. And the one day I wake up and I say to myself, this is the day that I need to tell my wife because I can't hide anymore behind this. So I'll never forget it. We're watching Real Housewives of, of, of Beverly Hills. And there's this guy who is about to tell his wife that he's going bankrupt. And I was like, this is it. This is the, So I took the remote, shut it off. And I said, Tori, I have something to tell you. So I, I gave it to her and I was crying and I was scared and upset. And, and, you know, my wife, she's been with me since day one. I mean, you know, I would, maybe I had the business three months and I met my wife. So, um, she's been there from day one. And so she jumps off the bed, all hundred pounds, five foot of her jumps off the bed, runs into my office, grabs a laptop, comes in and says, let's get to work. Now I'm like, on what divorce attorneys wow. or, or, or helping me with my business. Right. And uh, so she helped me do some market research and to really get a, like she comes from a big marketing background too. She works for a big publishing company, Global. Um, and yep. so we start, I start getting into research mode and that's when I started to dive deeper into digital marketing and branding and, and marketing and sales funnels and things like that. And I got bit by that bug. And then I met this individual. I found this guy named Russell Brunson who owns, right? Oh, yeah. Who owns this software company, ClickFunnels and dove into that world. And what happened was I wound up going into his coaching program and I tell him the same story that I just told you. Uh, and within 15 minutes, we're both hysterical crying and he says, you know what, Henry, I'm coming out with my first book. I need a killer designer. Can you help me design some, some, some marketing materials? And I said, absolutely. He goes, how much would you charge? And I go, I don't know. Can I get back to you in a day? I don't know. You know? And then, so I just, out of my ass, I was like, you know, how's six grand sound? Cause I had paid 10 grand that I did not have for that program. And he was like, yeah, sure. No problem. Wires me to six grand right there and there within 24 hours, I've made 60% of my investment back. And then, there you go. With, with, the, with the founder of with that the program. the founder of that I, program. I, so talk about, you know, awesome. talk about having a guardian angel and, and, and just people looking over you. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm not super religious, but I'm very spiritual. And, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that somebody is really taking care of me, you know, from afar. And no matter how tough things get, I always come out on top. Um, and so with his help, 
within 15 months, I generated over a half a million dollars in revenue. Uh, shortly after that, Russell hires me for two and a half years after that to help him brand ClickFunnels. And right about six months after we, we finished the work, he hits $100 million in revenue. Wow. So, I know the story. I've read, I've read at least two of Russell's books and I use the platform, you know, for some of the stuff that we go. do. So, so, so you were there pretty early yeah, stage then. I yeah. Mean, so that, that, that amazing. story goes down in my memoir really as, as one of my, you know, Bon Jovi, of course, but Russell's being working with Russell and going through that experience, almost losing it all and having him come back, you know, having, helping him helping me get back on my feet and move forward. But here's where we can get into personal branding, which I think is a perfect segue. When he was doing an initial audit on me, I had just rebranded probably for the third time because I just didn't know like, you know, what I was doing at the time, honest to God. And he said, Henry, I'm, go I'm at your website right now. And it's not the website that you see today. But he's like, I'm on your website right now. And, and I've never seen a, a website as beautiful and the work that you do. Because I had built my chops up since then, right? I was probably, I was in business five years. So. Yeah, you're doing the design yourself. Doing all the design work myself. Yeah. Wow, cool. So he was right. like, oh. So you have an eye for it. You must have an eye for yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, God given gift. I don't know where that came from. You know, I don't know where that came from, but I'm blessed and grateful for it every day. So. He says, beautiful website, but here's, there's just one thing missing. Now, I've, I've, I've spent an hour with you, Henry, so far, and I, I, I get a feel for your personality and who you are as a person. You're nowhere to be found on this website. You're just a pretty, you're just a pretty website out there. So who, you know, how can I differentiate you from the other awesome designer with the real flashy website? And that was the the, the, the sack of rocks that wow. got hit over my head that day. And he said, what I want you to start to do from here on out is put yourself out there more on social media. Now, Facebook is in its infancy stages, you know, and, and it, just a quick timeline check, Henry. So where are we in your, how many years yeah, ago? Now so this, this was about, this was about six years ago. This was about six wow, years ago. Okay. So you're right at the beginning of personal branding. I mean, it's always, it's always happened, right? But it hasn't been as maybe in focus. Okay as it is now with influencers right. and all that stuff. So well, this is great. Yeah. I love so it. Keep going. I start to put myself out there on video. Now my wife is cringing because it took me a long time to sort of uh, polish myself up. You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm version 2.0 of Gary V if you follow me enough, but without, without all the cursing, I, my, my wife was like, listen, you're going to go out there and curse all the time. I, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have to figure something else out here because you know, I have people coming up to me going, Henry, who the hell does Henry think he is out there, right? So I toned all of that down and polished myself up as far as putting myself out there as a public figure. Um, and here's the, here's the great thing. So people started to really gravitate to me. And they loved the design work and we were doing good work, but they really loved me and that aggressiveness. You know, I'm a, I'm a Jersey boy from day one, you know? So we, we have this this stigma or we have this reputation of, of, of going after what it is that we want, you know, and, and some people do it in weird ways. I won't lie, but you know, for me, I want to stay ethical. I want to stay fair. I want to stay, um, 
you know, I, I, I want to do the right thing all the time, you know? And, and so people love that aggressiveness, you know, they wanted that inside their business and they would hire me and, to create that aggressive design and brand work for them. Yeah. Okay. So there's so many things here, right? What's, in, what's fascinating about it is um, you and I are very similar because <laughs> I get to be the kind of, most people say I'm the Australian who just says it like mm-hmm. it is. Pretty brash, pretty out there. I normally will say the thing that needs to be said that no one's prepared to say, right? And the more I've said that, right, certainly in the way that I think about social media and branding for me, podcast being one of those vehicles, um, the more I've managed to create, you know, to use the coin, raving fans, people who really buy into me, as much as I've had people who have, I mean, I had, I had something, you'll like this one. So someone sent me a note the other day and he said, I wish you would drink the devil's urine. <laughs> wow. Look at you. And I get other even worse ones than that. Like, and, and you know what? If you, if you see the stuff I put out, you know, it's not that challenging. I'm not like going out there trying to deliberately be parochial. I'm just saying stuff that, Perhaps other people won't say, but the thing I love about it is, you know, you've got some people who really buy into it. They, 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 they buy, cause I'm being authentic. I'm just being me. I, a, the person I am at home is the same person I am out on social media, right? You know, my wife can jump in and tell you that, but there's people out there who then suddenly kind of hate you. They hate you for various reasons, but it's their own reasons. Um, and that's why it's a challenge for a lot of people to even consider doing what you and I do. They're so afraid of being judged. <laughs> They're so afraid of being judged. And I'm turning 40 this year. And one of the things that really hit me this year was, wow, you're, you're 40. <clears throat> and it feels like four minutes ago, you were four, <laughs> right? So how am I going to live the next 40 years if, you know, God gives me the, 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 the blessing to do that, right? Um, not by worrying about what everybody else thinks. You know, I have to live my life the way that I want to live it. I know some people aren't going to agree with it. To this day, my wife's not a huge fan of me putting myself out there as publicly as I do. And, but, but there's a balance, right? There's a balance. Um, and, and we're able to work with it. It's not a, it's not a game breaker. Um, it's not a deal breaker. Um, but to your point, personal branding has done wonders for me because here's what happens now fast forward maybe three and a half years later um i'm starting to get some bigger jobs you know people are starting to realize wow this guy's a a, an a player he's working with some 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 celebrities and 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 elite people in the industry um i want to work with him just because he's working with those guys so i don't have my processes and systems in place at the time I'm still trying to work out transitioning myself from a designer and scaling. So now I want to scale online. I know I can't be everything to everybody. I need to replace myself and start to build out my team. So I'm going through some turbulence. I'm going through some growing pains. But at the same time, business is, business is, is booming, if, if you will. And so I'm trying to, to steer the 747 through this turbulence by still creating great work, but getting out of the design phase myself and building out my team. And so a couple jobs fall through the cracks. Okay. A couple jobs fall through the cracks with clients that I shouldn't have even onboarded from the beginning. That's why I have a very strict qualification process now. Um, But what happens is 
the one guy goes on social media and does a smear campaign against me. And you know how people would buy these bots to do like reviews? You could buy bots and they'll go on your page and it's all broken English, but they give you five-star reviews and it's, it's supposed to... They're all the, um, they're all the kind of the shops out of um, Southeast Asian countries usually where there's people just kind of clicking away. Yeah. So this guy... <laughs> it's pretty, pretty terrible. This guy hires the sa- a company like that, but oh. reverses it and attacks me with all negative reviews and sends out a chat bot to my entire friends list on Facebook saying I'm a fraud. I stole $10,000 from him. The whole nine, right? I've had, I had cousins that I hadn't talked to for months and years reach out to me and say, do you know this? This is the message that I got today from this person saying that you were a fraud. I think this is something that you may need to look into. So, we, me and my wife wake up that morning and we see all of these messages and Facebook is just destroyed with negative reviews and one star reviews. I had to, I had to shut it down. There's nothing you could do about it. You just have to shut it down. It, yeah. It's like, it's like termites infesting, you know, your, your page. I, I reached out to Facebook. Facebook said, you know what, you know what you got to do? You got to get a bunch of positive reviews and bury them all. I'm like, yeah, that's going to take too long. So we put out, my, my wife is a really good writer. So I tell her what I really want to say and she finesses it and puts out a statement on all my social media platforms and tells me, go take a walk. Just don't do any work today. Just go, go for a walk. So I stayed away from social media all day. Um, and I come back that night and this is where I could get emotional. I come back that night to 200 something comments on that post on Facebook and it's all of my following and my audience coming to bat for me saying, Henry, we know you're not a fraud. We know you didn't steal this money. Look at what we found on this guy. They, my audience dug this guy up and found out that he was a convicted felon who embezzled $1.2 million from these old, old folks in Las Vegas a few years ago, Right. So that comes up, but I was in tears, Nick, because I got this one message from this guy privately that said, this guy did this to me a year and a half ago, and I am still in hiding because I can't come back out because I don't have the personal brand that you have. And I had to bury myself. You're lucky, he said. And I said, I don't think it's lucky. I said, this was all meant to happen. So I was in tears and I was reading all the comments and the people were so nice. Now I wound up refunding that client and the other client. uh, And this was right around where my son was born, Nick. Okay. And between me and you and and your audience, (laughs) I didn't really, I didn't really want to be a father at when my, when my, when my, Wife and I got married. We were not into building a family. We weren't interested in it. And it was to each his own, right? But that changed when I got my mindset right. I went through some therapy as I was, as I was, um, as when I lost my first business, I didn't lose my first business, but when I hit that first brick wall, I realized that if I'm going to get to the next level, I got to figure out what's up here first. I got to clean out the cobwebs and, and meet these skeletons in, my, in the closet that have been haunting me for years and just face those guys 
and I did. And so a lot of, a lot of personal development came out of that experience. So fast forward, I said to my wife and my wife agreed that maybe we should give that a shot. Maybe you were just scared of not being the father that you, that, that your father was to you. And I said, that's exactly what it was. So now we, we start to have, we start to try, we can't, you know, we, we figure it out. You know, there was an issue with me, believe it or not. So we go through two rounds of IVF, very stressful on the wife and the family, the whole nine. We finally have my son and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this, but I can't go back. What are you going to do? <laughs> That's fear again though, isn't it's, it? It's I mean, fear you know, again. So here's... And fear, fear. Because, I mean, you know, the, again, just to kind of jump back, just a, a couple of sentences you said previously, because the personal development thing, that's a huge part of what this podcast is about. So I don't talk about it openly. Well, I do, I do, I do through, through things, but you know, people come to the podcast thinking it's about scaling your business. It's not, right? Because ultimately it's about the person <clears throat> who you need to become to create an amazing business, <clears throat> excuse me, which then allows you to create amazing life and help people. Yeah. So I'm curious, when you went through that sort of first epiphany, or whatever you want to call it, what was the first thing you did to start to kind of work on your, on your, on your mindset and your personal development? What was the first thing that opened up that, that door for you? I really became aware of how I was treating people. I did not realize how I was treating people. I treated them very transactionally. Yeah. And I did not look at the relationship as anything more than what can you do for me? And that does not translate well in the world of entrepreneurship. It just doesn't. It's actually the opposite, what I've found. It's what can you give? That's how you win in entrepreneurship. Help people without expectation and you will have everything you want. Exactly. Want. Yeah. So I stopped expecting. I started appreciating and that changed everything. So <clears throat> I don't, I no longer expect anything from anybody because it, you, you, when you expect, you're always going to get, well, at least in my experience, you're always going to get disappointed because it's never going to be to your expectation. So now I just appreciate the moment. And it's a completely different world I live. Literally, back six years ago when I went through that, a new door opened. And it was like, it was beautiful. I was living in this city in my mind with all this pollution. And when I went through that experience, it was like I was in the country with this beautiful air and this beautiful smell. And life was just completely different. And that's what helped me get to that next level. Now, what happens is, Again, the fear gets the best of me and I go sort of bananas, if you will, in my head. So I spent frivolously, I still wasn't financially intelligent. That was one thing that still to this day, it wasn't until about, I would say 2017 that I really got financially intelligent. But right before I made the switch, I go out to try to get my mind off of my son. I go out and buy a $187,000 car. I go out and buy two Rolex watches. I, I literally bury myself financially. Now, shortly after that, I get these two gris, disgruntled clients and I have to refund them 20 grand. Now I'm 40K in the hole. 
because I gave the car back and Mercedes whacked me. And now I'm 40K in a hole and I don't know what to do. And so I had to go through some serious things. So sold the two watches back. And this is where it gets interesting. I sold the two watches back and I'm driving on the highway back to my house. And I call my father because I let him know what was going on. And I said, you know, dad, I got to tell you, it didn't, it didn't sting as bad as I thought giving those two watches back. Because now, mind you, my ego was the size of the state of New Jersey at the time. And, and he said, are you done? And at the time I was like, what do you talk? What, what do you mean? Are you done? And he said, with this, he said, Henry, I worked four fucking jobs to make sure that you had food on the table and clothes on your back. He said, what are you going to do one day when your son asks you, Hey daddy, can I buy, can you buy me those pair of sneakers? And you can't because you don't have any money in the bank. He said, I didn't do that to you. So don't do it to him. Wow. And that was it. That's pretty emotional. I'm, I'm feeling that emotionally as you said it. <laughs> that, 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 that's, a powerful, that's a powerful lesson. Yeah. So, what a message. What a gift. I mean, what a gift. A, so that's it like. It was a gift. Yeah, it was, it was a gift. So that's when I really started to dig into financial intelligence and figure out what it is I need to do. And I was blessed with this audio book from Jim Rohn, believe it or not, like the OG of personal development. Oh yeah. We talk about Jim on this right? place. And, we <laughs> and, and he talks about the 70, 10, 10, 10 rule. So I gave that a shot. And, yeah. and, and to this day, you know, two years, almost two years later, I live off of 70% of all my earnings and I invest the other 30%. And that year I, I, I hit the two comic club award and I was, I generated over a million dollars, $1.3 million in revenue with one single click funnel. And I, I just invested 30% of that and, you know, thank God. And then all this COVID stuff hits now. And I, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm saying to myself, man, everything happens for a reason. Like I was being prepped for this. I don't know how else to explain it. I get goosebumps, but like that has been my entire life. Like, Right when you, right when I feel like the end is it, something happens, and 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 I and I and I just again, you you never get, I never give up, and it just boom, boom, boom. So here I am. You've articulated. So finish, finish your point. I've got to, I've got so many things I want to. Kind yeah, of no, I, on I'm I'm done. It's just it's it's. So here I am today with this eight person. You know, I have an eight person team and I do a lot of the strategy work for my clients now, and my team executes a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, and I'm in a beautiful place because I love people and, and I just love to help people. And now, you know, I've been given and blessed with the position to work with people, scale and build their brand online because the valuable lesson learned here through this whole COVID thing is it is no longer a nice to have for a business to have an online presence or to be growing online. It is a necessity because a lot of business, a lot of businesses did not make it through this and will not make it through this because they thought 
Well, you know, just going online is a, is a nice to have. You know, we're crushing it the way we're doing it now. Why bother? Well, look what happened. This is, I mean, let's get into this now for a bit if we can, because I think it's going to help people. And I like to get quite practical on the podcast, but just to kind of reflect a little bit on the last things you said about your journey. Amazing journey, by the way. And I kind of wanted to keep that going for perhaps longer than we planned, because you know, you actually hit a couple of, yeah, well, a number of high notes, but you hit some high notes there, which kind of almost paraphrase what I say about the entrepreneurial spirit, kind of what it's supposed to be like, how you show up, um, the importance of mindsets, you know, all of the things, the importance of lessons. I often say here, do you know what, you know, whatever, whatever stage you are on the journey, remember it's about the journey, right? So all the things that happen to you, that feel really bad at the time. You know, it could be going bankrupt. It could be losing a great customer. It could be worse, potentially. Other things happen in your personal life. You've got to look at those things as things that serve you and they give you strength. They give you resilience. And what I'm seeing now, and I've called this out and some people don't like it, but I'll say it. You've got two choices now, right? The world's gone through, a, you know, a, a time that's probably unprecedented, but certainly would have happened a similar way back in the world wars. You know, everything just kind of stops. And you can go and hibernate and do absolutely nothing, right? And, and you know, watch Netflix until, you know, whatever. Until you can finish it. <laughs> yeah, until, until there isn't anything left on Netflix, right? <laughs> or you can, you can start to, like, you know, back to the slow down to speed up, you can start to look at opportunities. You know, and I've been advising people, I've said two things, right? First and foremost, give yourself a runway. And, and to bring up another point, the thing you said beforehand, what this has done has actually shined a light on what people should have been doing anyway. Again, they hate it when I say it, but it's true. If you've got a business which has only got a month of cash flow, it's not really a business. Yeah? Get your six months minimum there. Get your contingency. So firstly, give yourself some, some thinking space. Give yourself a runway, however you get it. And then look for the opportunities. Look for the pivots. Look for, I mean, I'm saying to people right now, now is the time to market your business, not necessarily to go for sales, Right? But build your audience, build your engagement, go out there and help people without expectation. I've been saying serve, serve, serve. Because, you know, things will slingshot back. They'll snap back. And you know what? People will remember. They'll remember how you showed up during this time. Oh, yeah. So just wanted to sort of highlight. You, that was your story pretty much. That's it. Right? And, and it's amazing because I think that, that's the lesson here. That's the lesson. You've got to go through those hard times yeah. to appreciate it and then when you come out, I bet your business, since you went through that epiphany and that idea that it wasn't just about me, it's about helping others, I bet your business has really flown. Yes. <clears throat> so we were, we were able to do a lot of scaling. So what happened was I, when I started to get the right coaches in my life, not that Russell was a bad coach. He was, he was a great coach. I mean, he really helped me through that time. Um, eventually, I, I, I found another uh, coach who does exactly what I do, but uh, 25 years, uh, probably he was doing it 25 years longer than me. And he's worked with Coldplay. He's worked with Sony. He's worked with these big names. So I'm like, I want to learn from him because he's actually a few miles up the road than me. And he can kind of help yeah. me on that, on that way. Right. So I find this guy and he completely helps me scale up. He's like, Henry, you've been doing this for how long? And at the time it was like 11 years. And he was like, why are you charging $50 for, you know, a Facebook ad? Like, why are you charging $300 for a logo? Like, 
you have all this, you have a decade worth of experience. And then he, he introduced me to that Picasso quote where when he did the painting for in five minutes and charged the woman five grand or 25 grand, and she's like, what the hell, it. right? That, <laughs> that, never, that never left my brain the minute he told me that. And so I said, you know what? Right here, right now, I'm doubling my prices. I'm, I'm tripling my prices. So I scaled my prices way up. Some of my earlier, some of my clients just didn't understand that. And, you know, eventually they just, they found somebody that was cheap. Um, but all the new business, they had no problem paying that fee because they saw the value and they saw the quality and they were like, my Lord, I would have paid you more because of how you simplified this for me. I was doing, I was trying to get this brand developed for two years and within 90 days, you were able to put this together for me. That my friend is worth its price in gold right? Yeah. And there's a, there's a bit here about often I find when I work with, with business owners, entrepreneurs, they devalue themselves. And half the time it's, it's a confidence thing, a self-belief thing for whatever reason, they don't think that, Oh, you know, no one's going to pay me that sort of money. Um, and you know, it's, you've got to, you've got to firstly believe that you're worth it. You know, and I often say the thing I've been doing this for 25 years, right? I have been, you know, my, you know, I've learned all the lessons from my corporate world into private equity, into everything. You know, you're, if you work with me, you're not, you know, you're not investing just in, you know, what you think you're investing in, you're investing in all of that, which you haven't got. Um, but a lot of people don't get there. They don't understand that. Yeah. And then when they yeah. start to, they start to work that out and they start to realize that they're worth more Then it opens up this, again, this picture in their head of what, what is possible. Yeah. You know? Listen, we went from 2017, we worked with 48 clients, 2018, we worked with eight clients and made more money than we did in 2017. And that was progressive. So now we average around 10 to 12 clients a year. I have a beautiful life. I have a beautiful business. It, 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 it works itself, you know, and I have the time, all the time in the world to watch my son grow up and, you know, cause people at, I was on a podcast yesterday and somebody said, well, what does it look like for you moving forward with this business? And I said, honestly, I have no interest in exiting or selling it. I love what I do. I could do this until I take my last breath. Honestly, I honestly, I can honestly say that. So I'm not interested in, 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 in building this thing up and selling it. I said, you know what I'm really interested in? My son is going to become of age one day where he's going to be able to Google his father's name. And the only thing that I'm interested in is that what he reads, watches, and listens to, he's proud of. That's yeah, it. nice, awesome. But you know what? We, as I as expected, we have gone off topic, and we've covered so many awesome other things which are better than the topics we thought about. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I want to do if we can for la the last piece of this. If you've got a bit of time. Let's get practical for a second because you got, I mean, I can't get the brand doctor on scale of your business and then not really talk about brand. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got to talk about brand for a bit. And I think let's get really practical because we could go so many different places and we might, you know, come back, come back on again and we might go somewhere else. But if you think about now, let's talk about the importance of branding now and kind of what you're advising now. You've said already indicated that, you know, going digital or having a digital presence is, is almost like it, you have to have it, right? It's yeah. kind of like, 
you know, the most important thing. So what are you advising people to do now, both from a brand perspective, but also from a marketing perspective and how can they make the most of the time and, and how they can kind of come out of this, oh, maybe in a better place yeah. than where they So the first thing that we need to do, the foundational step is to really understand who it is that you're serving. Like that, that I will scream that from the rooftops until I lose my voice. If you don't know who you're serving and you're not very specific on them, then how do you know how to market? How do you know what your message messaging is going to be? How are you going to know how to position yourself in front of them? You know, 90% of what I do on a daily basis now is have my ear and pulse on my audience. So I know my three customers. I have my, my brick and mortar client who's doing two and a half to $5 million and he's getting out marketed by his com- competition. Uh, I have my undervalued digital marketer who wants to really create a, a great presence for himself, but nobody believes him because you know he's got a spammy click funnel and you know he got a logo done for, on Fiverr, right? And then I have the, the consultant coach who doesn't get appreciated because, you know, uh, he's got 10 years experience, but online he looks like he just started yesterday, right? And he's doing everything inside of his business and he can't figure out how to hell to remove himself like I did to, and scale. So I know these people and I can, I can talk about these three people for another hour if I, if I had the time, right? But that's how crystal clear you need to be about who it is that you serve. And then what's going to happen is your offers are going to, Uh, evolve out of that. You're going to know what their pain points are. And then you're going to be like, ah, I can create this offer that will serve that individual or serve that niche. And we have to pay attention here because we can see markets all over the place that may may want, but they aren't willing and able to buy. I've fell for that too. I went out and I said, Hey, would you guys want this? And they all said, yeah, I launched it. Nothing. Because being there myself, mate, being there myself. Right. So, you know, we, we, we all go through that. So now I pay attention to who is willing and able to purchase this and who really wants it and needs it. And those are the folks that I, I pay attention to. So that's the foundational part of branding is really understanding who it is that you're serving. And then the second level would be, what is that gut feeling that you want them to experience when they come in contact with you and your brand? That's brand at its best right there. Right. And then the last thing I want to know is how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to, how do you want to show up? If you're looking for a premium client, then you need to be premium. The David Meltzer says this best. Somebody asked him, how do I get premium clients? Well, be premium. So years ago, this is so funny. (laughs) So simple. I know David, you're a great guy. (laughs) Years ago, I had, I started to say this and, and, I evolved this message into what it is today. So here's my motto. The quality of your brand will determine the quality of your client. And the quality of client will determine the quality of your life. Love that. That's you. That's it. That's that's amazing. I love the second part of that is so true. The number of times people say yes to clients because of, again, a scarcity mindset, fear of, if I don't say yes, I'll never get another client. It all comes back to how you feel about yourself. And then they bring on a client who doesn't really respect who they are. A friend of mine once who was a consultant and not a very, let's call it a a not a very well positioned consultant. So would do anything for anybody. And he used to say, when things got really bad was when I turned up to work with my client and he asked me to go and move the bins. 
<laughs> can you move the bins so we can move the car and park in the garage? And he's like, I'm just like the handyman. Wow. Yeah, that's, there you go. That's a, that's a great lesson learned there, you know? But I, I think one of the things that I would, I would strongly emphasize again for those folks that, that use this experience as a wake-up call is there are the resources out there to take your business and scale it online very easily. Now, I know the folks that are watching and listening, they're not branders. They're not marketers. They're not people that want to dive and get dirty with click funnels. Okay. That's when you could outsource. That's when you could delegate that task to somebody that you, you trust. And I always tell clients when they come to me, I said, listen, I'm not going to be guy, a guy that pulls levers for you. So if you're looking for somebody like that, you could go to Upwork or Fiverr and you can have somebody, you know, uh, pull levers for you and design you a great funnel. If you're looking for a full on full plan strategy on how to take your brand online and have it truly represent the value that you deliver, then we can have a real serious conversation because it's not about funnel building. It's not about building your logo or website. I'm here to watch you grow and mature into the brand that you've always wanted. And God has given me that gift to do that with hundreds of entrepreneurs over the past 13 years. And it's been a blessing and I'm just so proud of it. And I, I, I love the real reward here is not the money. The real reward is watching my clients mature. That is a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And when, again, you're focusing more on the contribution side, the help that you're providing as opposed to, as you said before, the transaction, you know, there's a piece there where you're actually helping them get to where they want to get to. Um, and that's a very much, that's a partnership, isn't it? That's not, that's not just a kind of, Hey, I'm an agency or I'm a, a branding guy. Yeah. That's, that's something different. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Well, mate, awesome. You know, you've been generous with your time, Henry. As I said, you know, we had, just for everyone's um, perspective, we had all these kind of very practical things we could have talked about, social media strategies and how to position yourself as an influencer. Um, we're going to have to do it again, I think, because there's some really cool stuff in here. Oh, I would love um, to. Yeah, it's been great. I always like, as I said, one of the best parts of my job is talking to, you know, fun and interesting people and you achieve that milestone or that category in spades. Henry. Oh, thank so, you. How can people reach you? I mean, obviously you've got lots of stuff happening out on social media, but what's the best way for people to get in touch? Yeah. So the best way is I have a podcast too. It's called the brand doctor podcast. We're doing about 73,000 downloads a month now. So thank you for everybody that, that maybe listening to this show as well. Um, uh, thank you for that. So the brand doctor podcast, but if you really want to get the, the, go to the hub where everything is located is you can go to unique designs with a Z at the end, not an S dot okay. net, or simply just Google the brand doctor. <laughs> and I'll we'll come the, right links. Up. the links will be in the show notes yeah. anyway, but everyone put it, put it this way. You know, I think, I think looking at, you know, you're pretty easy to find, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> which is great. But I think what's cool about it is because we didn't get into some of the, the detail today, some of the specific things, you know, on your podcast, because I had a quick look, a lot of the episodes cover some of the detail as well. So oh, yeah. perspective. So I think if people have got specific questions about what's a brand, the importance of it now, you've got all of that anyway, as content that people can tap into. Yes, for sure. Awesome. Well, listen, Henry, as I said, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for serving my audience today, giving so much value, sharing your story, being 
authentic and honest. You know, it's absolutely awesome, and I'm very grateful to have you on. You got, you got to love working from home, right? <laughs> there we go. Don't worry. I thought the kids were going to run it. This is a family show. All right. Thanks very much, Henry. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, Henry, for coming on Scale Up Your Business. So there's a great story, isn't it? And I've had so many great stories over the last 12 months. Um, and as I've said on many a time, it's having these conversations with fun and interesting people who have a, an awesome, I suppose, psychology and just way of, way of treating people and way of thinking about business. It's a pleasure to have them on the show. So quick shout out today. We have my business growth accelerator is coming up very shortly. Uh, we'll be launching that uh, on the 13th of May. So literally it's next week. We are pretty much full on one of the cohorts and we've got a couple more spaces left on the other one. I'm running these now um, literally every couple of months uh, in the UK and the US. So we're launching over there. Um, and, uh, you know, you might be thinking, well, hold on, it's COVID-19 still and I may still be not being able to, you know, operate my business in the way that I have been able to previously. But you know what? Now's the time to to really kind of get yourself focused on what you can do when things start to slingshot back. So the accelerator is about that. Just to be really clear, it's for people who have got six-figure businesses now who want to move them to seven figures pretty much in 12 months. I often say it's about getting your three-year plan really focused so you can deliver growth quickly. And it's a pretty intense program. It's a live online masterclass. So I deliver the majority of the modules with a, with a team of experts. Uh, it runs over 16 weeks. So it's eight modules. So every two weeks. And in between that time, we have a number of kind of communities and groups set up so that the cohort that's working through the program can get value from it. And I have a maximum of 15 people on every cohort. So it's usually somewhere between 10 to 15 before we close it out. And I'm very, very selective about the types of people who are on those cohorts so that the group in terms of education, learning, the mastermind element of that is such a core part of the process. So if you are interested in that, please go to, um, you can contact me via my website, nickcbradley.com. Uh, just get in touch. There's a few um, ways of doing that. You can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn or you can reach out to me on Facebook, my Facebook page, um, which is at Nick C. Bradley, um, or the Scale Up Your Business community, which is now launched and is closing in, I think we're over a thousand people now in that group all entrepreneurs, all wanting to grow and scale their business. And that's a free resource, a community for you to be able to get involved and participate and, and have some of your answers um, or some of your challenges answered by a great group of, of similar business owners and business leaders. So there we have it. That's it. I'm, I certainly hope you enjoyed Henry today. I had a great, um, as I said, time interviewing him. And uh, yeah, keep looking out. I've got some really amazing guests coming on in the next few weeks. If you're liking what I'm doing, I'm very grateful if you could subscribe, tell your friends, uh, leave a review. All of those things help the show and they certainly inspire me to keep doing what I am doing. So that's it for today. As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now.